So how much do I get paid? 25 bucks a car? Paid? You don't get paid. Are you kidding? You work on commission. That's better than being paid. Most cars you rip are worth two or three hundred dollars. Fifty thousand dollar Porsche might make you five grand. Come on, dickhead. It helps if you dress like a detective, too. Detectives dress kind of square. People think this guy's a cop. You're gonna think you're packing something. They don't fuck with you so much. Are you? My what? Packing something. <laughs> An asshole gets killed for a car. The guys that make it are the guys that get in their cars at any time. Get in at 3 a.m., get up at 4. That's why there ain't a repo man I know that don't take speed. Speed, huh? Ooh, this is Zach Evergreen. No, it isn't. This is Jeff Ugly Shoes, a guest on one of my favorite podcasts, The Night Party. I turn you over now to Jonathan Fallon's better half, Zachary Evergreen. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're going to start this way? Why not? I got nothing to lose. So uh, <laughs> I just did Repo Man, the making of, and you kind of were a little bummed. You're like, hey, man, I didn't bring any notes. And I was like, don't worry about it. All we're here to do is bullshit about one of our favorite, if not my favorite, cult movies. Yeah, it's a great film. And afterward, we're going to do one of my other favorite cult movies, Lost Boys. But I wouldn't really consider that cult nowadays with like Hot Topic and everything. No, that's that's more mainstream now. I mean, it, it is. When it came out, it was. Yeah. When it came out, it was very cold. But now with the whole vampire popularity and sparkly people, it, oh, no one sparkles in this movie. Thank God. Anyway, hey, how about I turn on some real tunes? Absolutely. Iggy Pop. There you go. You know, Iggy Pop said that this song saved his life. Yeah, I read that somewhere, but I'm not sure why. I know he was in a real low point. Yeah, he was. He was like, I mean, he's always been a skinny dude where you could see his ribs, but when this came out, he was like 80-something pounds and like six foot two, something like that. Yeah, he he's was a pretty tall guy. I imagine that, you know, I know he was doing a lot of uh, a lot of shooting up at one point in his life. I don't know if this was one of those points. So this has a great no-name if you will, cast most people from television or friends with uh, Alex Cox, who was the director. Yeah, and uh, Duke, who wrote it. Duke yes. is the character in the movie, by the yeah, way. He's probably one of my favorite characters. He uh, has only been in this movie. He's the head punker guy, um, and he becomes such a pussy at the end. Well, not in a bad way. He, be he wants to become a family man that's a punker, and he tries to settle. Maybe we should just settle down and, you know, but... Everyone's let's go do some crimes, let's, man. Yeah, let's get sushi and, and, not, and not pay. You know, the thing was, um, for when I first saw that, I thought, these aren't punk rockers. What the hell is this, you know? Well, they are in the beginning when they're slam dancing out front. Yeah, they're, they're doing it to, uh, uh, who was it? The Circle Jerks. They're yeah. Coup d'etat, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah, coup d'etat. I love the Circle Jerks, man. Yeah, they uh, went, go ahead. Where do, you, where do you stand on East Coast versus West Coast hardcore or uh, punk rock? Well, I'm obviously West Coast. That's where I'm from. I mm -hmm. mean... I love the San Francisco punk scene. Not only was it pretentious and full of assholes, it was unauthentic. So I loved it to death. Yeah. So and being part of it. <laughs> I always say that the punk rock of the West Coast was more like thrash is what it became. Like, you know, like more thrash rock. But on East Coast, it became more punk rock hardcore. I don't know if I'd agree with that. I think, uh, I think what happened on the West Coast became new wave. 
Yeah, you know what? Um, it's good to uh, disagree with the host. It was because I. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I thought it was more poppy. What I heard on the West Coast was a lot more poppy. It is more poppy. And this is where you know Dickies were from here, correct? Yeah, uh, Dickies, uh, Dead Kennedys. It, um, yeah, I. You know what? That's patient one of the youth. Oh, uh, you know what? I actually like impatient youth. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Not as much as I like. I, I like the cemetery surfers, though. Thank you. Thank but you. of course, who could forget about last day? I've been trying. That I've was been fucking trying. That was a. I never thought I'd be in religious music, but when you set it to a really thrashy punk rock theme, I'm like, yeah, maybe Jeez. Jesus can protect you from me. That was just ridiculous. I can't believe I did that. I'm I still. So during this scene in this movie, we're seeing a bunch of maps, and uh, we don't know who's doing it, but later on we do find out it's the government is trying to zero in on this car, this 1964 Chevy Malibu. Absolutely. Which they had to have two of, by the way. Because one of them was stolen. Legit. Yeah, but then it came back. Back, yeah. you know what happened to it. Well, you're going to go into that later? Uh, Actually, no, no. Please. The guy who played J. Frank Parnell couldn't actually drive. So they actually had to get other people to do his driving and put the camera over his shoulder and shit. Uh-huh. And uh, when he got into the one, they got it back, he ran it into a pole. That's funny that you say that because, first off, that does happen in the movie. It probably was an accident, and then they just said, screw it, we already got a dent, let's let's do it. But the other thing, too, is, um, I mean, he doesn't, like, knock, he doesn't, like, damage the car, damage the car, but he does remember it when he's, like, going... My friend had a lobotomy, and then he goes chest night, and he passes he feels out. Much better. He's much better now. He's not, and my friend had a lobotomy. He's much better now. Oh, what I a got a lobotomy in the end. Um, I love, I love that character, J. Frank Parnell. It's my hero. So it starts off where we. What else was he in? I have no idea. I'm just talking about the character. Ah, not the actor. The guy. He's the inventor. The neutron bomb. Absolutely. So he's driving along. He gets pulled over by a, a, a CHP officer, and. Uh, He's like, um, license registration. He goes, and he goes, what's in the trunk? And he goes, oh, you don't, you don't want, want to look know. in there. <laughs> and he goes, give me the keys. And he opens the door and he's vaporized. And this is a funny effect where he puts his hand up and you just see it green screen and the cop turns into a skeleton and then you just see smoking boots. Yeah, considering the budget for the film, what was it, a million and a half dollars? 1.4. Yeah, I mean, and they did such great effects. They, for that money. They bumped it up to 1.8, but still, that's nothing. And no. this made $4 million in the box office, which a lot of people would say is a failure. But think about this. It was only in the box office for two weeks. Yeah, and now it's cult following. It's oh. Just, oh, my God. I would put this up there, if not above Rocky Horror, because I don't really consider Rocky Horror a, a cult movie anymore now that they show it like yearly on Comedy Central, if that's yeah. still a thing. It used to be. It used to be great when I was young. It was great. It was great. That's where I found out about the amazing Jonathan back in '89. But you know, once you've seen it a hundred times, it loses its glamour. Right. There's only so many times you could throw rice. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, then we go to Otto, and Otto's this kid down his luck. He's working at a grocery outlet, and we're talking the gen- the food is so generic it just says food. Yeah, and you know that's who or they got beer. sponsored by was by um, one of the companies. I'm trying to remember the name of the the AMP store. Sponsor this, provided them with all their outdated Did not know food. that. Yeah, they got sponsored by that and by the company that makes those little trees for the cars. They oh, yeah, you'll find one in every car. Absolutely. You'll see. <laughs> so, Another great character. Go on. So, uh, yeah, he's Napoleon Dynamite before Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, <laughs> Did yes. you ever notice that guy? Oh, yeah. So, um, anyway, he gets fired and. Uh, After what? knocking his buddy into the. Dude, camp. yeah, why he's going, feeling seven up, I'm and by feeling the way, his seven buddy up. ended up joining the Circle Jerks. Are you serious? Yeah, he's, he joined the band right after this movie. Did you know the uh, store owner is his real dad? No, I did not know that. 
Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Doug Weeks does some trivia you didn't know. <laughs> hey, man, I'm trying to throw it out there. So Dennis Hopper was originally going to play Harry I Dean Stanton. That. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Like, he would have really sucked. Well, he might have been okay, but he wouldn't have been Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, no, Harry Dean Stanton wrote all of his lines in this movie. Yeah. They, he, he got in a fight with, with Cox, and he goes, I ain't reading this goddamn script. I'm doing my own script. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, he did he did all kinds of things. He did not like directors, but he was also very cheap. And they and when his company, when the his own uh, manager said, "No, why don't you go with Mick Jagger? He's gonna go in a movie." Ah, uh, yes, I have that written down. Mick Jagger was supposed to be in it. Um, he even auditioned. I'm not lying for every part, including Otto. Wow, he would have sucked his Otto. He would have really sucked his Otto because wasn't he like 78 then in 1989? As, I could see him as light. <laughs> or sorry, oh no, Light's my favorite character, I'm man. Just, I was hey man, blanks get the job done too. Yeah. Um, people see me coming. <laughs> yeah, people see me coming. They shit scared. Obviously. They think I'm out to kill him, and I would. I kill anybody who crossed me. Yeah. I love him, man. He's uh. Did you know he's got his, his own song on the soundtrack called "I'm a Bad Man"? No, I did not know that. Oh, we're hearing it. We're gonna hear it. Okay, I'm in. All right. So I, I, I keep interrupting. We're supposed to get through this film. No, no, no. It's good. This is this is what a podcast is supposed to be. This is not a fucking uh, 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 Repo Man 101 at UC Berkeley. This is. I'm glad I didn't bring my notes. This though. is Ugly Shoes and Evergreen having some good wine, listening to some good music, talking about a good movie that hopefully after this, if you haven't seen it, you'll rush out and get it. Didn't you say it was going to be on Netflix for free? It's like coming be, up? Yeah, I think next it's supposed month? to be next month. Netflix. Oh, it's going to be. It was either Netflix or um, Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah, and by the way, I, I don't want. I have to disagree. This is not a good movie. This is a great movie. Oh, I was gonna be like, what? How yeah, dare this you? is an absolutely great movie. Do you know what Rotten Tomatoes gave this? Uh, I have no clue. Ninety-eight fucking percent. Really? Critics are people. Or critics. Both. Oh wow. People gave it in the low seventies. That's if still a lot. Ebert, you know that the way that works is it's the percentage of people who liked it. People go, well, they, they each one rate. No, they don't. They rate yes or no, and they just go by the number of critics, the percentage. Yes. I'm on my way. All I need is 19,000 more followers, and I will be an official, licensed, checked, certified tomato guy. Oh, cool. So that's what I'm working on. So you become certified fresh. But right now, we are still using the Evergreen Tomatoes meter. What would you give this on scale of 1 in 100? Uh, I'd, I'd probably put it a solid 90. I have to go... Okay, maybe it's because I've watched this movie so much, but just for its originality, I'm going to go, I have to go 98 at least. So our combined scores give this a 94, which yeah, I think which, is totally fair. Yeah, it's an A. It's an A. It's definitely above 89. Yeah. It has to be. It's oh, just way yeah, too brilliant, just, yeah. way too creative. This is like, you know what this reminds me of? You know when you were this back in the day, you're playing Dungeons & Dragons, and everyone gets bored of the DMs, so someone just raises his hand and goes, I'll do it. And then it just completely changes the story. And yeah. you're like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know, but I'm having fun with it. Well, Michael Nesmith uh, did elephant parts, television parts. It had his own show, you know, doing the first music video, Sunset Sam, the first real music video was him. I mean, he came up with, I mean, he wanted to produce it. He was willing to do this in a heartbeat. Everybody said, you don't want this. And he said, yes, I do. After he saw the script, he thought this is great. And I'm sure you already did a show on where the script came from, et cetera. Well, it came from a short film called Edge City. That we're going to make this a short movie. I know that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Otto then is hanging out with his friends, and they're just slam dancing. This is what punkers do when you're 17 or 18. I fucking love you, man. Fucking love you, man. You, when'd you get out of the slammer, dude? And then they start beating the shit out of each other. They go to a— Yeah, that uh, was an L.A. scene, by the way, because that was—I was—San Francisco didn't do that. No. 
No, 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 no. You no. ended you, up in the pit. I ended up in the pit, got knocked down a few times, but oh, I was pretty big. I, you'll never see Every time I go to the pit, either someone loses their shoe, who I'm driving with, or someone j- decides to jump on me, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, again. Yeah. Or a girl kicks me in the head who, like, you know, is is uh, state or uh, crowd serving. Anyway. Um, we actually put a cigarette out in somebody's head. Ew, gross, dude. Well, no, it's this, this, this person had worn Was being spikes. a dick? Well, they were wearing spikes on their sleeve and swinging them, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was just so uncalled yeah, for. Them. That, Everybody's kind of avoiding that, him, so I just reached out with a cigarette and let him run into it. There you go. I, I, yeah, don't use weapons in the pit, man. If yeah. you're going to do anything... Well, I'm 60 If you now. knock somebody down to in the pit, lift them the fuck up. Don't yeah, let them get absolutely. trampled. There's the one thing about when I saw Manson, you would think Manson fans are pussies. No, I got my ass kicked, but they always helped me up. That and at was, a certain point, they're like, you've had enough, dude. <laughs> that was the rule. When, that was the rule in the pit, though. The you knock somebody down, guys. you got to pick them up. Absolutely. You and you don't like, grab anyone's girlfriend while they're in the pit. Never. No, you don't touch a woman. I know women and men are equal right now, but not in the pit. No. Because people are going to go grabby. Ab- this is known. I People were never grabbing when I was in the pit, but there weren't a lot of women in the pit. Yeah, well, things are different now, man. There's I've, probably one chick for every three guys, which is a lot more back in the day where it was like one to 20. Maybe. Yeah, if that. If that. And if it that. Was, and it People were pretty protective of him, so it didn't usually happen. So um, now you go to the party, and Butch is about to score with uh, his punker friend, right? And she's like, Otto, give me a beer. But not before he goes, excuse me why I fold my pants. That's right. He folds his underwear and his pants. And then he goes to get her a beer, and then by the time he goes up, Duke is already up there making out with her. And he goes, motherfucker. Yeah, Duke is a skinhead with a with a mohawk. Yeah, that's why no, 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 that's Archie. That's Archie. No, Duke didn't have. Oh, Duke just had the skinhead. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy who looks like um, the dude from Pantera. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So then, anyway, um, so they're about to get laid. So he's a little, you know, pff, whatever. Dudes. His girlfriend's ladling somebody else. Well, t- she's kind of like the crew. Slu- no, at the time she was actually his. She's I got the, the creepy. You think so? I got the impression she was his girlfriend. Because she's going. Maybe. Well, what about the future and all this shit? And he was like. Yeah, yeah. Kind of ignoring it. So then he walks home and he's he stayed up all night and he's got he stole a six pack beer and he's like don't want to talk about anyone else and he's singing and that. By the way, that is Black Flag yes. song. That who's on the soundtrack? TV party. Yeah, TV and, party you know, tonight. He, and the funny part was, I would never have guessed that Emilio Estevez had never listened to punk rock before this. His brother Ramon, also known as Charlie Sheen, was a big fan. I did not know that. Yeah, because that's where he said, now I know where my brother got it. Yeah. Then he got into it afterwards, but his brother was all into it. And Alex Cox wanted to be a punk musician, but just didn't have the chops. And so chops? I was a punk musician. I knew three chords. You know what? I feel so dumb for saying that. We could start a punk band right now. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. right now. In fact, I, I'm, I, you could play guitar and I'll play bass for a I while. I don't even know I, how to play guitar and it would be good. Get, I'll train over to play drums. I've never played drums. I've as played long as we could say oi oi a bunch of times, I'm in. I think it's a slightly different era of punk, but I'm in. <laughs> okay. It, this is my favorite song on the uh, album right here, though. Um, t- or, uh, coup de gras? Coup de gras? Coup, de, coup d'etat. Yeah, coup d'etat. Which, uh, which actually, although it's on there. It said gold, coup de gras, which was... Sorry. It's, it's coup d'etat, and it's on the album Golden Shower of Hits. Now, the interesting thing was... Um, Hold I, on. What is the title of the album? Golden Shower of Hits. That is fan... At least they know their audience. Yeah, and it's uh, it, the record cover has an actual gold record in a urinal, which is Like a cake, on. like a urinal cake kind of looking thing? Yeah, it's an actual gold record sitting in a urinal. Somebody oh, just leaned one in there, and they're peeing on it. That's hilarious. Um, the, I, I want to mention that that song, by the way, even though it's, it's such a great tune... 
I've heard the tune before they put it out because they weren't the they took this music from another band they saw. What? Well, I mean, wasn't that kind of a little commonplace? That was a very commonplace. There was like only four tunes you could have. Because not only that, but none of these guys really had record deals. Everything was just like recorded in their garage with a microphone to a a, a boombox. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we did. Or a uh, four track if you if you had one. Yeah. Yeah, and if. If not, you did it there. Or if you were rich, you'd go to the Automat in L.A. and get a four-track. The Automat, was that like uh, you would just pay like 100 bucks and you'd just sit there and it would come out? like, Or, or how did that work? Oh, that was just, it was a recording studio where they had four separate tracks. That was, I mean. That was it? That was basically it. They had bigger tape. It hey, was, man, Bloody Kisses was filmed that way. Oh, shit, I mentioned Typo Negative. You have to drink. Okay. Yeah, the and then they went home and they did everything themselves. But Impatient Youth uh, EP was done on there. That's what that was all four track. So when he's driving home, Harry D. Stratton's character Bud pulls over and he's like, "Hey, uh, kid, kid, you want to make twenty bucks?" And he goes, "Fuck you, queer." And he goes, "No, no, nothing like that. Um, I need you to get my old lady's car out of this bad neighborhood. She's gonna give labor. She's with twins." Yeah, I've got to get her get her a car to the hospital. I don't want it to leave it in this bad neighborhood. And funny enough, this song plays during this scene. De La Cruz. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So he gets in the car. And then you see this Mexican kid look out the window and he goes, Hey, Papa, uh, some gringo in the car is it is uh, El Del Coche. And then, you know, the pop comes out and he's got like his his bat and he's beating on it. And he's like, oh, shit, you know, and he's and, and he's like, come on, come on. And so you see them kind of like escape and, and they're driving and they're driving through like the, uh, uh, you Barrio. know, the neighborhood. And they finally go to. Helping Hand Association. And Which is funny for a name for repo thing. Helping Hand Association. I, 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 I want to mention, I used to do repos for cars for Byright Motors. So um, I want to say having somebody come out and attack your car while you're trying to take it is not all that unusual. Yeah. Uh, so what? how would you do it? Like dead of midnight or no, something? No, what we used to do is, um, I, I depend on who went with me, you always had two people. Somebody would pick you up and drop you off. Yeah. But... Um, what you do is you have to go up and present them in California. You had to present them with paper saying we're going to take your car. So I'd go up to their dressed in my nice car sales suit. Just like they do. Just right? like they Just do. like and a I'd cop. Go, they I'd think go you're packing. And go, hey, you know, I'm supposed to pick up your car, but I'm not going to take it right now. Can you make a payment of any kind? And if they say no, say, you know what? I'm, I can't. I'm not going to take it. I don't want to do that to you. But somebody's going to be by, by next week. That scene is in this movie. But somebody's going to be by, and I, by next week. And then after, once they're inside... You walk around the block, and then you come back and you jump in the car. We used to have a key, though. Yeah. For a buyer, we had a key for every well, car. Well, in this movie, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Depends on the business you work for, but this little car lot, we had a copy of every key. Because so, when... Um, and I got 150 bucks a car, which was great money. Back then, well, what is this, like 80s? 82, 84. So almost when this movie came out. This movie came yeah. out in 84. Yeah, so it was... Uh, and then the first thing you had to do is you had to get to a payphone. They call the police and say, I just picked up this car. And if you didn't, they'd pull your ass yeah, over, so over and go, hey, you stole the car. And even right. if you got the papers on it, it doesn't matter. It's You didn't you report it. You stole the car, and you have to go give it back to them and then work through the courts. Well, there you go. Life of Repo Man is always intense. Remember, it's not just a job. It's an adventure. <laughs> no shit. It was pretty intense, but it usually took place in the middle of the night. We'd offer the papers during the day and sneak That's back. why there's not a Repo Man I don't know. It doesn't take speed. The other thing was uh, going to where they worked. You went, they went into the factory where they worked, and you'd go get the car to the parking lot and hope nobody saw you. Yep. Well, there wasn't too many cameras back then, so no yeah. CTC TV, right? But people did care about each other, so well, they'd watch the shit. If somebody sees you in your car, they'd say something, you know? Yeah, I know. And there wasn't a million and a half 
half people that knew how to drive back then. It's funny, you watch these old movies and there's no stop and go traffic even in LA. No, it wasn't. It's like open freeways. Yeah. So I, I know this movie only came out, what, 38 years ago? Yeah. But I mean, that's a lot of new drivers. We went from uh, 3.5 billion people in the world to now 8 billion estimated. Yeah. That's a lot. Hey, I, I want to say, I, one time in, a, in Oakland, I didn't get a car, but I almost got killed. Sounds about right. Yeah, I actually dove back into the back window of my driver's car. He came back around the block because he heard a gunshot, and he came back around. I ran for the car, and he, just, he just kept moving, so I had to dive in the passenger's window. My leg's hanging out. We took off out of that neighborhood. This happens in this movie. Uh, right now, um, after he gets paid his 25 bucks or whatever, and he goes, wait a minute, you're a repo man, and, and they throw him a beer, and they'll give the kid a beer, and then she checks his ID, and he goes, are you really 21? He goes, that's what it says, doesn't it? And then uh, he goes... Wait, and then he opens up the beer and just pour, and he and he you know is about like, like drink it and they go yeah so what if we are Repo Man and he pours it on the ground and he goes and he goes you know what if someone pulls that shit I want to punch the fucking lights out but you know what you're all right and then light walks in and he goes god damn man someone piss on the floor or something again <laughs> and then, <laughs> again right so now. Bud is teaching him the repo code which you heard in the beginning so I will not. Uh, damage a car while repossessing it. True. I will not uh, mess with the contents thereof. Very and, true. And, and there's a scene where yeah, there's a lot of money that. that okay. And then finally, uh, I will. Uh, no, uh, only an asshole gets killed over a car. Yeah. And he goes, "That's why I dress like a square. See, they think I'm a cop or something. They, you know, they'll listen to me more than, and you know, and and he goes, they think you're packing. He goes, are you packing? He goes, no. Again, back to the code. Only an asshole gets killed out of a car. And then uh, they're up late taking speed, and he's showing them this code and this and that. And oh, one of the rules of this code is he doesn't write with commies yeah, or Christians neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're really with the code, but you get in trouble for fucking with stuff in a car, so you did. Yeah. Uh, so now we get like a montage from learning from him a, a light, and then we see our, I'm not going to say like antagonists, but they're another group, the Rodriguez brothers. Yeah. Hairnets, trench coats, they're the Mexican repo gang. Yeah, in those days, there was a thing about Mexicans wearing trench, wearing the hairnet. Yes. And, all that, and used to be. Cholos. Cholos. And used to be the joke of, you know, that there was only 18 of them in the car, so I got away safe. But it was unsafe to walk around certain parts of San Francisco or LA if you were a white boy. Especially El Cerrito del Norte. I know this for a fact, yeah. and this was in the early 90s. So Okay, in the 80s, it was rough. It was real rough. We're talking Dickies. We're talking uh, the hairnets. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Dickies. The Dickies, the, the lights, oversized Dickies. The lights under the wheels in the cars. Yeah. The, the, low the Dickies had to have or Ben Davis with the light stitching. Oh, yeah. And then you got to remember, oh, by the way, when the it's girls a, would dress like that. By the way, oh. Yeah, it looked hot. But then, um, Oof. Brown yeah, lipstick. Was, but they'd wear, they'd wear the, uh, the your, your top button would be always be buttoned on your checkered shirt. Yeah, but the, the, the rest, rest not would be open. like a cape. No, no, we're not saying this call out a race. We're saying there was a certain gang. No, it just it was a look, and it was, it was an it, it was, was a iconic look. Like you see that, and you go, "That's a cholas or cholo." Well, they even well they even used it when they did um, what was that band? Uh, Suicidal tendencies. Oh yeah, the, the, the music from the music from the video. Uh, the dude was a Mexican dude, wasn't he? Yeah, and he had the video. He had the whole thing from the headband. And he wanted a Pepsi. It's all yeah. he wanted. Just one Pepsi. Yeah, which his mom played by. Uh, oh God, what was her name? The, the, they were inside of eating Raul and. Oh Rock man, Lines I haven't. I've only Mary seen Mary Warnov. I only saw that video on Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, more, Mary Warnov was played his mom, who was also the principal on Togar on Rock and Roll High School, and. Uh, yeah. So remember, you got to dress like a detective. 
right. And uh, anyway, so you get this little montage, and there's a scene where Light actually, uh, they're, they're stealing the car, and he's like, you know, what we were just talking about, I come to someone's place of work, they think I'm going to kill him. And there's all these, like, boxes, like these gift wrap presents, and Otto is just looking at him, he throws it out the window, the car behind him runs it over, and it's thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. They're, they're just packed up money. And the whole time you're like, but then you watch this point so many times at a certain point in this movie, like, it really doesn't even matter. No. Because this movie's all about a plate of shrimp. It's What? Go, all right. You're right. Oh, my God. I forgot about the plate of shrimp. The plate of shrimp. So uh, then they get this tip on this car. It's a Chevy Malibu, a 1964 Chevy Malibu. and um, The bounty is what? $20,000. Yeah, outrageous. And then he goes, $20,000 for a goddamn 1970? So he thinks there must be. Bud does this because he goes, I got all night, Rodriguez brothers, you gypsy dildo punks. Oh, that's right. Oh, Repo Man's got all night. And then finally, because she's a double agent, we don't know this, but uh, uh, Laura, the girl at Helping Hand, is also with the Rodriguez brothers. Yeah. And she throws... The uh, the paper airplane with the bounty on it, and he goes, Jesus Christ! Da, da. So you know, everyone and the mother are looking out for this. It even goes to, oh, we didn't even talk about the Scientology. So Light's like, hey, ever read Dianetics? Science of Matter of Mind. And at this point in the movie, for whatever reason, they Scientology diuretics. 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 And, and you know what? If think if I press this button, this will explain this. Okay. A lot of people don't realize what's really going on. They view life as a bunch of unconnected incidents and things. They don't realize that there's this, like, lattice of coincidence that lays on top of everything. I'll give you an example, show you what I mean. Suppose you're thinking about a plate of shrimp. Suddenly somebody will say, like, plate or shrimp or plate of shrimp, out of the blue, no explanation. No point in looking for one either. It's all part of a cosmic unconsciousness. You eat a lot of acid, Miller, back in the hippie days? I'll give you another instance. You know the way everybody's into weirdness right now? Books in all the supermarkets about Bermuda Triangles, UFOs, how the Mayans invented television, that kind of thing? I want to read them books. Well, the way I see it, it's exactly the same. There ain't no difference between a flying saucer and a time machine. People get so hung up on specifics, they miss out on seeing the whole thing. Take South America, for example. In South America, thousands of people go missing every year. Nobody knows where they go. They just like disappear. But if you think about it for a minute, Realize something. There had to be a time when there was no people, right? Yeah, yes. Well, where did all these people come from? Hmm? I'll tell you where. The future. Where did all these people disappear to? Hmm? The past? That's right. And how'd they get there? How the fuck do I know? Flying saucers. Which are really. Yeah, you got it. Time machines. I think a lot about this kind of stuff. I do my best thinking on the bus. 
That's how come I don't drive, see? You don't even know how to drive. I don't want to know how. I don't want to learn, see? The more you drive, the less intelligent you are. We're on now. Okay. I always flub a button mid-show. Oh, okay. I didn't know. You, you always what? Flub a button. Oh, I thought you said blow a button. I was you know say, why? Because. Okay. Well, it was going to say I'm an asshole, but. Well, see, now my board's all just crazy. I'm sorry your board got mess. Now, I'm sorry about this. Now, people all blow a lot of things. I should mention on my way over here, I blew a speaker in my car. Ooh. Well, it's okay. It was a motivational speaker. Oh, good. I have good, this good, bad good, good, taste good, good, in my mouth, but I feel much better about oh, myself. Oh, man, I have such this story to tell you off air. That was the most <laughs> cringy moment I've ever experienced. Oh, come ever. on. No, it, it is not. I'm not going to say it's not safe for work. It's just so cringy. People are going to turn off and unsubscribe. That's how cringy it is. Oh, yeah, don't, don't do that. Yes. I love this show, and I want it to stay on the air. Damn right. Hey, and shout out, because uh, we, we now have listeners in Spain, Nigeria, France, South America, like in multiple places that I can't even pronounce their names. Oh, well. Guys, my overseas listeners, you are kicking ass. Thank you for doing that. Exactly. Apparently, they use Samsung and Google Cast, which are two things that I don't have ever heard no, of. I haven't either. But, but I like international, those are like the one and two biggest, uh, because, you know, they recycle phones a lot over there. Yeah. And so that that's like the apps that are on there. Oh, it's, it's all my friends in England who have listening because they know I'm going to be on here. You're a bunch of twats. All of you. We love you. All of you. All right. Okay, anyway. So right. do you think Miller's an alien? Okay. Or do you think he's just a high-level Scientologist? He's one of the two. I well, Miller, now here's the interesting thing. Everybody in that movie, except for Otto, is named after a beer. Every Repo Man. Oh, my God. That's, oh, my Bud Light Miller? Miller? Whoa! Wow. Oh, my God. Fletcher? Well, he's, well, he's a not Fletcher's yeah. not part of it, though. Well, We're talking, yeah, about, yeah, the, yeah, talking yeah. about the Repo Man. God, what's the big boss's name? He's named after a beer, too. I can't remember. Uh, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, I found that out in a piece of trivia, and they said, yeah, they were purposely named after beers. I did not know that. That is hilarious. So it's just a thing. Anyway, um, yeah. So I'm you don't think he is one? Well, or I don't think he's a high-level alien, but he's probably the smartest yet stupidest and weirdest person on that the whole show. Well, remember, that's why he doesn't drive. He takes the bus because the you know, he reads on the bus. Yeah. And, and he goes, the more you drive, the less smart you are. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense, actually, because I've seen some of the drivers around here. But he explains this plate of shrimp thing. It's uh, caught, uh, what they call... Um, Cosmic unconsciousness. Con yes, or the great magnet. So you could be thinking about a plate of shrimp, and someone will just say, plate of shrimp. Now, the funny thing about this is the next scene, you see Bud in a telephone booth, and he's yelling, and he goes, God damn, 20 grand for this. And then you see Otto, and he's playing Mary Had a Little Lamb on a Melodica, and in the back it says, plate of shrimp, five ninety nine. Yeah, that's right. And but you have to look for it. Now, we've left the plot of this movie somewhere behind us already. Well, the plot's all over the place. They're after yeah, the a car. It's basically about a repo man, a young guy who gets to join a repo group, and he's after a car. And the car, we don't know why, it just dissolved this, this cop who looked in the trunk. Until we meet Lila. No, that's from, where it comes. Yeah. From the United Fruit Fruitcake Island, <laughs> which is UFO, <laughs> who, by the way, is... is wow. I know that chick with like it's I don't know if it's her hair, her voice, it's or just her. Some, it's just, just something about it. she's got know, a man. spice. She, she was yeah when I when I was younger, man, I had a thing for that girl. I know you look at her and she's not like she's girl next door hot. Uh, she's kind of pushy, which is good, and yeah, she always wears. She's skirts. got a mind of her own. 
She's got a brain. Wait, wait, wait. They come that way? <laughs> well, I, I met people who are United Fruitcake guys. What were you? What'd you no, mean? no, we're not. We're not talking about. We're not talking oh, about the yeah, QAnon yeah. or. Oh no, we're no, talking no, no, about you know. So uh, she uh, she's being followed, and and Otto goes get in the car, and she's like, "Is this?" It goes, "Is this your car?" And he goes, "One of them." And she goes, "You're probably a used car salesman." He goes, "Nah, I'm not. I'm a repo man." She goes, "What's that?" And he goes, "I take cars away from dildos who don't pay their bills." <laughs> Which is almost a direct line from uh, Harry Dean Stanton earlier. Yeah, no, it is, because he's learning to be him. In fact, uh, a lot of people said, Siskel and Ebert said that the reason why this movie got so big is because A, the soundtrack, and B, Harry Dean Stanton was the oldest punker because he would, I mean, I'm, I was too young for this movie, but he was like he was an, an adult punker. He was an icon to the punk rockers. I was a punk rocker. He was an icon. And he looks like he does also look like uh, um, uh, uh, Iggy Pop in a way. Uh, Iggy Pop is much rougher looking than Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton, I mean, this is his first starring role. Yeah, and, yeah. And he just he knocked it out of the freaking park. There's well, just no doubt in my mind. Yeah, because the movies I think is this first and then Alien, which is yeah. odd well, because well he wasn't technically a star in Alien. He was just great. Yeah. And also you have to look at Escape from New York. Yes, uh, which, which yeah. is which is where he played. He's brain. kind of a wiener in that, though. Yeah, you can't. They get. We're gonna need him, Duke. We're gonna yeah. need him. You know, he's great though. But every part he's played, he's great. He's yeah. They call him a character actor because he is kind of like that. Um, you know how there's a lot of people that they're just oh that's that guy. Like try watching anything with Heisenberg in it now. You're going to think Breaking Bad. In fact, I even just called him Heisenberg, even though I yeah. know his name. It escapes me at this moment. Or Christoph Waltz. I love Christoph Waltz. I thought he was great in Hateful Eight, but I still see him, and I think, in Glorious Bastards. One of my favorite, one of my favorite character actors was, uh, what's his name? Oh, God, now, now, the brain, now my brain's dead. It's this alcohol we're drinking. It's, um, no, I think it's Mexican food we ate. It was delicious, and it put it in food coma mode. Absolutely, absolutely. Was game over, man. Game over, man. Oh no, but he is brilliant. He's, everything. He's, he's, yeah, but he was a character actor. The yeah. best. The best stars started out as character actors because they play them so well. Yeah. You can't tell them. You know what's not. weird? The first movie I saw him in, Bill Paxton, was actually not what you think. It was Predator Two. Predator Two. Yeah, because well, I didn't that's know. The I Predator didn't... Two. Stay away from the Catholics. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Or just move him to another church. No, I could. Sorry, I could resist. It was there. Um, but because uh, I I've seen him in Terminator, but I didn't realize that was him till way later. You know, wash day, nothing clean, right? Like I didn't even I realize see, it was him. I didn't know it was him till, till I saw that in the trivia thing. Yeah, it was like, isn't that weird? Yeah, but he's been in plays, so many good films. He's movies. such a great character it's, actor. It's he funny. Never plays the same I think character. last time you were he on, was in um he was in a, a oh what's the vampire thing Stephen King did. Salem's Lot. He was in that. Oh my God! Are you serious? Yeah, he was, I was in Salem's just, Lot. Just about to watch that movie. You and should. The original. Yeah, of course. Mason. Of course. That's uh, what eighty-seven. Eighty? Is it that? I thought it was earlier than that. It's the one. David Soul is in it from Starsky and Hutch. That's how old it is. Oh wow! So that might be like seventy-nine or yeah. or eighty-one. James Mason. Face the master. You know what Face movie? Face the master. Remind me about this. I because I will forget. Enemy Mine. I want to. Oh, I love that movie. That movie's so sugar. But you know what? That movie was based on uh, Hell in the Pacific with Lee Marvin and Tashiro Mifune. All I do know is this: uh, the movie Dances with Wolves rips that off almost scene for scene. Yeah, it was. But uh, originally, it was a before, before Dances with Wolves. Before that, it was a movie with Lee Marvin. Didn't know that. Dennis Quaid. 
Absolutely brilliant. Dennis Quaid is under actors. underrated too. I mean, we undercover, don't talk about him enough. Undercover Blues, my favorite movie. That is my all-time number one movie. I, we talked about this last time. Yep. So. But yeah, Dennis Quaid is is fantastic. You know why? Because when I was a kid, I would get him confused with Harrison Ford. But then I watch a Harrison Ford movie. I'm like, no, no, he's better in this movie. Like that's Dennis Quaid. I'm like, but no, it's not. That's Harry. I, I thought they were the same person for yeah, the longest well, time. I knew they weren't. It's just I, I loved his. Well, I was act- seven. Were you? Ever? Yeah. Well, when I started watching these movies, yeah, I was around six or seven. I don't remember that. Because when we, you guys got the, was it you or Barney got the Laserdisc player? Oh, I had the Laserdisc You had it. So it was here for a minute, and that's all the movies I knew. And then when Grandpa started getting into VHSs, that's when I started getting into, like, real movies. We did, we, all we had was Jaws and Star Wars. Yeah, but I, I was happy with that Laserdisc. Laser disc player. Laser dick player? Yeah, it was amazing quality. <laughs> it's though. that small? No, but it was amazing quality. You for can only see disc. it in the dark. <laughs> those were the giant. Those were the giant discs. They were the size of LP. Yeah, they were the size of records, and they and were. Logan's Run was in that collection. They were better looking than any other form of cell. Shit, I said celluloid. Uh, drink. They were better uh, looking than even today. Like they look better. Yeah, it, quality. Be, because everything is rounded. You don't see. Frame one, frame two, frame three, frame four, frame five. So it's all like, like it's all Play-Doh together. Like it was a, well done. Either way, it was just huge. It was like a huge, uh, what do we call them? <laughs> Blu-ray. Yeah, it was. It was a huge Blu-ray, but it was rounded out in such a way where it wasn't a sharp picture. Yeah. In fact, there's something you could do on some TVs where it goes contrast. If you turn it all the way down, it works with better movies. Oh, yeah. Because it makes it blurred together. Like, it blurs the lines. It's supposed to blur together. The, when these high-def movies where you see everything, it, they don't look real. They don't. No. But, I mean, if you're going to go see the latest Spider-Man or Black Panther, you want to just see effects and the main character and effects in the background and music you won't remember. So, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I'm not in. Look, you know, I, got, I, got burned out on, I got burned out on superhero movies. I know, me too. I, I'm i probably the only person you know who's only seen two. One, two, and if you count Iron Man, three Avenger movies. That's it. No, I've seen, I've seen most of them, but it's... Logan was great, though. I didn't count like that. Those. I didn't like Logan. Really? No, I didn't. I didn't. There's a black and white version that makes it, and it's got deleted scenes, and it's way gorier, and it's a lot better. It's ver- very much a noir kind of. Anyway, back to Repo Man. Look, no, I have a Marvel hero. It's Deadpool. I love Deadpool. Deadpool's a Marvel hero, and he's the best Marvel hero. Yeah, well, I mean, in the comic books, him and Wolverine were together a lot. Yeah, and now they're going to be in the next movie, which is thrilling as hell. Finally, Otto is walking over an overpass, and he gets ill. Right. That's right, pukes right on the overpass. And he pukes right over, the, and the reason why is you hear the, the noise of the car. It has its own signature noise. That's right. And then... Uh, of the, the sick, we're talking about the Malibu now. Yeah, the, the Malibu. Now, the guy driving it, the inventor of the neutron bomb, is spilling his guts, and this is where he's Jay like... Frank Parnell. There you go. And he goes like... Uh, hemisphere. Have you ever heard of hemispheres? Going to hemisphere. Hemisphere. It fits in a suitcase. Hemisphere. Blammo. It leaves the buildings intact and everyone is dead. It's so decadent. Hemisphere. I had to get a lobotomy in the end. Hemisphere. My friend had a lobotomy, by the way. Never felt better. Hemisphere. And now he dies of radiation poisoning and Otto just drives it home to the lot and, and locks it up. Right? And then we see Light and Bud and they're talking about as soon as they find this car, what they're going to do. Now at this point... They're going to open their own yard and get their own repo dogs and their own repo toe. You can't do that. Not unless you have good credit, and my credit is spotless. Yeah. Credit is where America, it's a basis of what it just found it from. 
It's why I don't like dildos that don't pay your bills. That's direct quote, by the way. He's quoting. Him. I try. That I was try. really well done. Thank you. Yeah, but it was funny because they wanted to get their own repo dog, get a repo wife. Yeah, repo wife. Repo wife. I remember when dog. they throw the repo party and everyone's <laughs> hitting on Otto and he's like, yeah, like thighs on shit. Yep. And that's when they say he's on your repo wife, man. And that's when we actually meet Otto's friends who've been busy stealing cars. In fact, they even stole the, the Malibu. Rockers. Yeah. They even sold the Malibu at one point, but then Archie got vaporized, so then they ran away and got sushi and not paid. And uh, so this car Duke, is- Duke, who wrote it, is in this point. Uh, yeah. Um, is Dick before, Rude is wait, his real name. Dick, Dick Rude. Rude. Now, you know, funny thing was, now, we left out the scene in the- They left out the scene, the robbery scene, which is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, I was just going to get to that. Okay, go ahead. So, but first, we have the Rodriguez Archie's brothers- Archie's in that. We have the Rodriguez brothers that also steal the car, and it's too hot. And they go, hey, man, this car is hot. They're like, what, stolen? He goes, no, I mean, it's like physically hot. We're sweating our balls off. And then uh, uh, they, someone just run, uh, the punkers just run in and grab it and then just drive off. Yeah. And then they just sit there looking, drinking their Frosties, and that's when they go to rob the, the spot. They go to rob this liquor store, and uh, then we see uh, Bud, we see Otto, and we see his punker friends. And then we see the security guard that's at the um, at the uh, uh, grocery outlet, and now they're in a Mexican standoff because everyone's got a gun, and everyone just shoots each other else. Yeah, like, but my favorite line, Duke says, Duke says, no, Archie, don't say our names. We'll have to kill them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anybody finds our names, Archie, we'll have we to gotta kill, kill them. we got to kill them now because you said our names. Uh, but, well, and he then, says, if they say our names, yeah, Archie. Yeah, exactly. So he gets shot in the chest, and then um, uh, but Otto checks him, and he goes like, he goes, uh, oh, it's all going dark, man. And he goes, the society, society's to blame. And he goes, you're just a white suburban punk. Like, your family's fine. He goes, yeah, but society. No, he says it still hurts, though. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, yeah, but society, which is hilarious. So uh, I think it would be that one on the very bottom, that plug. See the black one with the transformer? All right. So while we're talking here on the thing, we're, uh, we're, we're unplugging something for uh, for Dave, Sci-Fi Dave. Yeah, well, I mean, vibrators need to be charged too. Oh man, come on, don't pick, don't pick on him. You know, it's I meant, I meant for your muscles. Oh, okay, I'll buy that for a dollar. For a dollar. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we had to do. Yeah. I'm in for doing Robocop. Oh, I've been saving that for a good guess. So I would love it. That's probably. I was either going to do Darko or Robocop. Let's do next. Robocop with me you and let's see if we can get Johnny Johnny Thun on. Man, it. I've been contacting him since I started this on the ninth. Try to get him over for just two you know, hours. Let's not invite him. Instead, let's invite Amy on. I like your strategy. Yeah, he'll show up. Say hey, he's doing it. Why don't you come do it? She's smart. She's we'll just brilliant. say we're gonna do. She's smart and brilliant. We're we gonna say to we're we're gonna do an office trivia game, and then she'll be here like within lickety split. What, you think she plays? She does office. She loves the office. Okay, I'll, I got office trivia questions. And then and then he'll show up and still be like, that's not cool, dude. All right, well you know. Anyway, so uh, everyone's at, even the televangelists in the beginning are after they go. A sweet old lady's car has been stolen. It's a Chevy Malibu. Oh, the televangelist yeah. is hilarious. And then Lila gets captured by. I don't watch your money. God does. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna put you on the chariots of fire, like. Uh, uh, Send it to me. You'll yeah. get to God. And he goes, uh, "Hey, mom, you know, you gave me that two thousand dollars if I finish school, and that's really what I want to do. I think that'd be swell. But uh, can I have it like now?" She goes, we gave it all to Pastor Brooke. Yeah, yeah, whatever his oh, name is. That was crazy. That's the beginning of the movie. So, um, yeah, everyone's after this, and they're in a parking garage. Now, uh, Bud actually gets injured doing this shootout. Yeah. You know, and then he's in the hospital, 
but he's the one that took the car. Yeah. So now that's Harry Dean Stanton, by the way. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone is encroaching on this car. We have the Rodriguez brothers. We have Helping Hand. We have, we have, have federal government. Somehow. Federal government. We don't know. Yeah. Who, we don't know which group. She's it is. got a fucking metal hand. Oh, by the way, the Circle Jerks do make a cameo appearance where yes. they do their lounge version of "Shit Hits the Fan." Yeah, and what's funny about that is that's the real Circle Jerks. It is. Said. And remember the line that said, "I used to think these guys, guys were, were cool. cool." And then it's funny. She goes, "Hey, Otto, nice friends." She goes, "Yeah, I know. I made them myself." Yeah. <laughs> That was that was great, man. That's uh, the scene. The metal hand was they they wanted to really put a bionic hand on her, but they didn't have the budget. So they're trying to figure. They just how got to do a this. glove with they, rhinestones yeah, or some shit. Everybody watching it kind of goes, "Why are they doing this over the hand?" When it came out, and I was like, "Oh, I get it. It's supposed to be a metal hand. It's just bad at badly yeah. done." Everyone is after this, and we get multiple chases now. Oh, like yeah. just great one chases. after the other. Like they hot potato this car just back and forth. Until finally, um, like, Harry Dean Stratton lose every bud, bud is the character. And uh, all of a sudden, Otto hears, like, we have a strange occurrence of it's raining ice cubes and da-da-da. And he goes, helping hand. And he drives there, and Harry Dean Stratton is in his hospital clothes with a forty-five, And the car is now glowing, by yeah, the way. fluorescent green. Glowing. Super and bright. then everyone knows about it so they're all coming in and the government's coming in they got hazmat suits and they're getting struck by lightning and yeah and they have three religious people come in by the way they tried to get muhammad ali into that did you know that i did know this yeah, i ahead. did that he was in the neighborhood and he was about to do it and he said no at the last minute yeah good but they did have all the religious people including the rabbi the the priest and is it great when the, the televangelist walks up with the cross and it catches on fire and he goes jesus fucking christ <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then the, then the two FBI agents are over talking about diuretics. Dianetics. Diuretics. Uh, diuretics. And he goes, have you ever read this book, Diuretics? Um, and Changed then, my life. And then finally, um, you know, uh, there's a shootout because the police helicopter, whatever, the black helicopter, Alex Jones' black helicopters are looking over for Chevy Malibu. Oh, God. Sorry. Fuck Alex Jones. I'm in nine, nine million worth of debt. I need to find this Malibu. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh. so they, they start taking... Bot shots and Bud gets out and he goes, hey, you coppers, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And they yeah. make sure he gets shot. Now, yeah, Miller. Die on my feet than live on my, my knees. knees. Classic line. Miller starts glowing and he starts walking to the car and the, the electricity's hitting everybody we but just him. just call Miller trash man because he's just, that's what he is. Yeah. He's trash man. He's the maintenance dude. Um, he gets in the car and he gives the come hither to Otto and he goes like, wait a minute, like you... And, and Lila goes, what about our relationship? And he goes, uh, what? I'm sorry. And she goes, what about our relationship? And he goes, fuck. Fuck uh, that. And he gets uh, in the car, and then we see the car in a very cheesy effect fly all around L.A. And then it goes, oh, doom, 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 repo man. And it takes off to space. And it's the end. What a great movie. What a fucking fantastic movie. It's absolutely, it's a, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. The thing is, if... It sounds silly hearing about it like this, but it's character-driven. Let's put it this way. It's all characters. This, I even wrote down here, this is not plot-driven. This is a scene-driven movie. That's a good way to put it. I like think character-driven. Same thing. It is. It's. I love the movie. There's not one scene that's bad Red in this or movie. boring. No, everything in this movie is necessary. They trimmed it down to the, exactly what it needs to be. Yeah. Whoever did the cinematography deserves an Oscar. Whoever I think, did the editing I think deserves Alex an Oscar. did a lot of it. Really? Because the I know he showed, too. you know, he reached out to all the bands personally. Oh, to do this, do the music, and would even say, "Hey, if you're in this movie royalty free, I will, I will film like a music video for you." 
like bending over backwards to all these guys. And it put him on the map because, remember I told you this movie was taken out of theaters? Yeah. After two weeks, guess what? Punker started buying it, and the movie sales um, was only four million, right? But this was the biggest soundtrack for like almost like six oh, months yeah. to a year. I had the album. And then they're like, okay, we're gonna do midnight showings of yeah. it. And those midnight showings turned into being sold out showings. And we're talking on like a Tuesday. Yeah, that was it was a big deal. I remember when I was younger that you know, having the album, getting this stuff, because it was just such a damn cool film. Plus it was Mike Nesmith. To those of us who were monkeys fans in the early days knew about television parts. I have that written down right here. I can't believe you look, right there. Right, right there. Michael Nesmith. Oh yeah. Yeah, see, we take good notes. We, we, no, I didn't even, I don't have notes. <laughs> um, yeah, and you do know that the Chevy Malibu was actually one of a kind because it had a customized paint job, that like green. They painted it with that, they painted it, the stuff cost $100 a gallon, and they brush painted the car. So that way it didn't show up during daylight right. as bad. But it was fluorescent paint. That's one of the reasons why it got stolen. Yeah. And they had to recover it, and luckily they were able to finish the movie without it. So you know how there's the scene where the Rodriguez brothers, okay, uh, Otto gets beaten up by the band when he's trying to steal the old, la- the old uh, African American lady's car. Yeah, that's right. And and he did what you just said, like I really don't want to take your car. My ass is really on the line. Yeah, for this. but you know, but that's the bit you do, and then you, then you don't take the car. Well, he does. No, but thing was, he did not walk away. He went and took it right there. Why the the band? It was a full on seven piece jazz ba- or blues band shows yeah, up. Yeah, saw the gigantic. They, freaking dudes, they man. beat the shit out of him. And part of the repo code is if you get beat up, someone needs to pay. Yeah, so he says it was his old boss at oh, the grocery right. alley the, gets the, beat up. Yeah, at the AMP or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think it, I think it's supposed to be a grocery alley. because no, grocery they, have alley the name, they used to have the name of it because they're the ones people who sponsored it. I need to look it up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, that, yeah, uh, but... The funny thing about that is, is we learn more about the repo code, and this is kind of when uh, Light gets fired, or, or sorry, not Light, uh, Bud gets fired at a yeah. certain point, um, and then he starts carrying a gun. So it's kind of this movie. I heard somebody say is Otto learns responsibility, and Bud loses responsibility, and they kind of like crisscross at around the same time. I, I don't know. No, the thing is, oh, one thing we left out was what's in the trunk. It's aliens. Yes, and did you know how they made these aliens? Uh, sausage, condoms. Condoms, condoms filled with sausage and hot water, and they put. Oh, they're dressed. They're dressed in clothes too. They put them. In they're clothes. dressed in clothes, and the things in the back are uh, what do you call it? Crawdad uh, like antennas. Oh wow, I had no idea. Yeah, and uh, uh, th- that's a great scene. Okay. Oh, uh, Fox Harris, the guy who played uh, played um, the uh, Frank J. Frank Parnell. Okay. He uh, severely damaged one of the Malibus by accidentally plowing it through a d- gasoline pump. Yes, that's you were saying on. that. That's actually in the movie too. Yeah, it actually is in the movie. There's there's that scene, but it's it doesn't even. Back in the day, those American cars were tanks. Yeah. Oh, did you know there's a forty or sorry thirty eight minute special edition left off uh, oh, like, on YouTube? You could watch for free. Oh, I, I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, it's not it's not mixed down properly, but I mean, dude, this is a punk rock movie. You're watching a punk rock product, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if this movie was too polished, if they were to remake Repo Man today, they did make a movie called Repo Man. It was about organs. Yeah, Repo Men. Yeah, but Repo Man. If they were to redo this, I don't, I don't know, man. Do you know that Lance Henriksen was also up for uh, the lobotomized driver playing? Didn't know that. Now. Can you yeah. remind our, our folks what uh, uh, notable movies he'd be in? Oh wow, my god. How about aliens? 
Okay. He was he was the cybernetic guy. He also did a they did a bunch of TV. Millennium series. was what he was probably most known for. For so Millennium was a great series. It was a series kind of it came off the heels of of uh, X Files, but it was a little less tongue in cheek and more like it was so it was definitely more serious. I'm trying to remember. He did a couple movies where he was the heavy, and he's played. I mean, he's in everything. Can you believe if he and Dennis Hopper were in the movie at the same time, how different this movie would be? It definitely would have not been as good, in my opinion. I, I think don't think so either. I think Emilio Estavez, without him, there is no Otto. Like, he was perfect for this film because no one knew who he was at the time. Like, there was no Mighty Ducks, right? He does look the part, and he is kind of like a loner badass in a way. Even though he gets his ass kicked throughout the whole movie, like, he doesn't win one fight. That's, you know, you absolutely, I never noticed that, but you're right. You're right. I was kind of tripping on this. I'm trying to find out the, uh, Oh, they had an alternate ending where the entire city uh, gets annihilated by a nuclear explosion. I knew about that. I didn't know if it was actually filmed or not. I don't know if they did. I did film the ending where uh, Otto goes and joins a bunch of revolutionaries. That was actually in the original comic book. Yeah. Because so, remember, the comic book was being developed Why this movie was being developed. Yeah, and they also uh, they made a sequel. They wanted to make a sequel movie, but no one wanted to make it. But they ended up doing it. Except as, for two people. Harry Dean Stratton, yep, and and uh, when um, Duke and and Duke, and then when he found out that uh, Otto did when when Emilio Estavez didn't want to be a part of it, he just yeah. said fuck it, it's out. You know what? With this song, I think we have to end it here. Absolutely. Hey, forget the repo code. Don't forget the repo code, and don't forget to be kind and rewind. Absolutely. This has been the Night Party Podcast with. Zachary Evergreen and Jeff Ugly Shoes of formerly Kuru Radio. You never know, it might come back. I plan on it if he'll have me. If I don't drink all his good wine. Well, where's your next gig at? My, I, my next gig. I don't have any other gigs except for uh, the Age of Rust and Fire coming up in February, which there you is go. a post-apocalyptic Renaissance fair, and it's going to be in Anderson, California. Sweet. And you know what? That's where they make the best Pinot in the world. So. If you're in the Bay Area, it's about a good two-hour drive. Probably definitely worth it, seeing how that's like one of the most beautiful parts of California. There's no uh, hypodermics or fentanyl up there. Well, they're going to have a vault. We're going to have vault <gasps> one. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to set up a vault. They better be putting Pinot in there. Well, we can. <laughs> hey, it's pick your apocalypse. It's going to be Cthulhu, vault, or nuclear, or... Sweet. They need to do Borderlands, too, where it's ridiculous. I saw a guy that had Borderlands guns, and I'm, we're talking ridiculous guns that are just hilarious and have lights on them and shit. You could do whatever you want, though. That's the point. It's, pick it's your so tongue-in-cheek, like, I like Tank Girl. Like, kind of like Tank Girl. I love Tank Girl. By the way, who I thought I was the only person who played Borderlands. I'm so old. No, I love Borderlands. But anyway, um, yeah, be kind, rewind. Let me throw out some plugs here. You are a Patreon member. Absolutely. It's patreon.com slash knifepartypod. And if you're not, God is looking down on you. Not only that, but you'll be two weeks ahead and all this other good stuff. And I re-updated my things. $5. I got five kids to feed. This is a free advertisement for you. So I do two episodes a week. If you pay that five bucks, I will plug whatever the hell you want as long as it's not too political or crazy uh, every single week. So I, I don't think you, there's a better deal out there for a free advertisement, right? Five that, bucks, but, and but you, if, I give you a product, and you... And, and, yeah. if you if you're willing to Patreon him at $5 a month, <laughs> here's the deal. I will come on his show and call whoever you want a cunt. You know what? I'm okay with that. Okay. Just as long as you go, this is Jeff Ugly Shoes calling Blankety oh, Blank's ex-wife a, a uh, see you next Tuesday. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> see you next Tuesday. Now, you know where see you next Tuesday. Now, which famous John Landis uh, used that in everything he ever did? Uh, John Landis. Uh, you got me, dude. It's John Landis. 
Everything every everything John Landis ever did has the word "see you next Tuesday." Are you serious? Yeah, that's brilliant. That's no, fucking hilarious. Every movie he's done has "see you next." What see you next what an time. Easter egg! Yeah, so look for it in every movie. So, um, well, kind of like thriller, kind of like how "bitch" is in every single Sigourney Weaver movie. She but says just, "bitch." Yeah, but but I'm talking about even Michael Jackson's Thriller and American Werewolf in London because when they're watching that movie on the screen, well, it's "see you next Tuesday." That's hilarious. I did not know. Now, yeah. I'm going to do American Werewolf pretty soon. So. That's a great film. Oh, Peter Steele's favorite movie, Drink. Type a negative reference. Oh, absolutely. Also, if you're an iOS user, uh, you could find us at knifepartypod.podbean.com. Uh, but now we're finally kind of on YouTube. So what this means is they are screening everything I'm doing and making sure there's not original music, even though this is considered parody law because this is review um, I wouldn't rely on YouTube. Rely on one of the two. And uh, I actually did a little secret contest in my last uh, in my last show, and I can't give it away. But if you listen to Plate of Shrimp. Plate uh, of Shrimp. Yeah, that's the episode before this. There's a little contest at the end. So if you're patient, which probably means you're a girl, you might hear it. And uh, Oh, that's cold-hearted. I'm patient. In fact, I'm so patient. You're an, in, put, you're an in-house patient. That's yeah, what but you I, are. But I put Spotify on my iPhone because I I hate oh, to do that. I love you for that. No, I didn't. I didn't want to do it because I I fucking hate Rogan. You can hate Rogan. I don't care. Um, I don't I, want to support anything that supports him. He's a cunt. They support me. Hang on a second. Joe Rogan is a cunt. That's sponsored by Jeff Ugly Shoes. Is about to up his patron. There you go. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening to the Knife Party Podcast. We're about to go watch a movie, but you won't hear it for another three days. But no, it's what, live what movie are we going to watch? Because Jonathan Fallen of Hoodcast AF did not commit. And if you do not commit, you must acquit. Absolutely. So what are we going to watch? Motherfucking Lost Boys. Yeah. Let's sail into the night and get lost in the, the shadows. Way, can I throw something out for the Of course you can. Boys? Real fast here for the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys is obviously a reference from Peter Pan. Uh-huh. Now, one thing we talk about Peter Pan, Peter Pan's the good guy, right? And the pirates are the bad guys? Mm. Wrong. Just the opposite. That's what but, I thought. Because the pirates are the ones that refuse to stay little kids. They're the ones who grow up. Peter Pan just wants to hunt them down after they've escaped. You're right. That's it's uh, dark, to catch a true. predator meets, uh, uh, um, not Mickey Mouse, uh, Michael Jackson. It's pretty much Peter Pan's the bad guy. We Let's need to get out of here. Bye. Let's do it. Bye.